So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help women just like you from around the world do the same with my one-on-one private coaching program. In this podcast, we will explore my revolutionary approach to getting alcohol out of your way that breaks all the rules, life-enhancing tools that make not drinking exciting and joyful, and the profound and sacred journey that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. This show is not a substitution for rehabilitation, medical treatment, or advice, so please talk to a medical professional if your alcohol consumption is at risk to your mental or physical health. Now on with the show. Come back to the show, my beautiful listeners. I hope you're having an amazing day, an amazing week. And like I said before, especially in this time of season of fall, that you are delighting in your senses. It's so amazing. I just found this little kind of uh, altar card from last um, autumn season. And on the back I had wrote, each phase a gift each season, a new perspective, each element, an invitation. So if we think about the elements, you know, in the outer world, how they correlate to the inner elements of body, mind, spirit, and, and, and so what I wanted to talk about today is how to permanently change your thinking about drinking. <laughs> and of course, um, this takes time and practice. You've spent a lot of time and energy practicing thinking about drinking and essentially solved a lot of problems that way. But the first thing that I want to read, just kind of to set a context of perspective, is a a little piece of writing from Albert Einstein. And it was actually in that same book that I read from last week, uh, the meditation book where he had quoted St. Francis of Assisi. So 
as you see here, when you dive into the, to the art of self-inquiry, you know, the mystical arts, we never want to discredit anything that is truth just because of the source. And if there is a piece of information that resonates with you on a deep level, you get to interpret that however you want for you. This is why I love using divination tools, oracle cards, or astrology. I love to read the Bible and, you know, ancient, um, you know, East Indian texts and texts from all the contemplative arts, um, you know, so really look at where your judgment is coming into play from getting the information that you need to change your life. Limps into the third door, right? The door beyond duality, beyond right and wrong, beyond the subject and the object, beyond the, <laughs> you know, the I am dot, 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 bad, wrong, right? Just to this universal perspective of I am becoming that witness, that watcher, that seer. So Albert Einstein, a human being is part of the whole called by us, quote unquote, universe, a part limited in time and space. He experiences himself, his thoughts and feelings as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature in its beauty. Our task must to be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion. So this is where we start. So you have thoughts, repetitive thinking towards the negative thoughts about drinking and they're creating emotions, right? And you see this and as you're seeing this, you're not using the witness from the perspective of neutrality the part of you that's seeing this from this place is going in for the kill is seeing this, this repetitive habits in your life, these behaviors, these places where you don't feel in alignment with your highest and truest self, where you're not in integrity with really how you want to express yourself in the world. You're seeing this from a place of fear, shame, and regret. Now we can try to think new thoughts all we want on purpose and have mantras and affirmation and so on and so forth. Now the science of mantra is a whole different thing. However, you can kind of use those things to kind of like the fake it till you make it, but the repetitive thinking will continue to come back until you lean in to the emotion, to the feeling, to the trauma, right? And it is my perspective that alcohol, the habit of alcohol itself has created an experience of lived lived trauma because it is the great invalidator of the self. It has been used time and time again 
by you to you to say who you are naturally, you know, and you're not consciously saying this, but sometimes you are who you are, how you respond, how you are in this moment, you know, isn't, isn't okay naturally, right? That I can't handle this or however I would respond to this in this, whatever not handling it would be, right? What does that even look like that I respond in this way? So I need to, to check out from that. I need to, to really dissociate, right? And so we go into some sort of trauma response and then to soothe that we have the alcohol. Now, when, if you listen to my three part series about trauma, you'll understand that with alcohol, it's a twofold ETA, emotion, thought, action, because you are having, there's a circumstance in the world that is triggering the response to drink. Now, some of it might just be habitual. And those are the things I say dive into first, right? It's five o'clock, but I feel really good. Do I need a drink, right? Say if that's one of your normal habitual triggers. But, you know, maybe you're, you're dealing with a lot of stress at work and that's been your coping mechanism. So there's the, the things that are causing you the stress and the way that you're responding to them. But now you also have this immediate double emotion, which is the desire to drink. So the way to create new thinking and that lasts is to go in straight to the emotion. And this is why we talk about the ETA, emotion, thought, action. And the emotion is first because you will notice it because you've done it so many times, time and time and time again, you're not even really sure of what the thought is that got you there. So you need to give yourself the opportunity to unconditionally witness yourself, to see yourself, this person who is having this habitual response to to whatever circumstance, right? Whether it is a big emotional trigger or some new circumstance, or it's just, again, you know, five o'clock. You need to witness that part of you from a new perspective, from a neutral perspective to look to see how can I be in a better relationship with her and ask yourself, how would I respond to a child, to a friend, to, you know, whoever, even a stranger, if I saw them in this place where they were having a physical reaction you know, an embodied reaction to something that was causing them distress, right? Would you say you're, you know, you're pitiful? No, you would go in, you would move in. You would say, Hey, I've got your back. Reach out if you need anything. Unless you are able to signal to your body that in fact we are safe and that nothing is going to go wrong, the body will continuously 
response in the same patterning again and again and again, creating a life of needing to force willpower and deprivation and the same repetitive thinking because you will not have evidence to the contrary. And we relate to the world as humans through our body, through our senses, through the inner elements. So this is the first place that you have to start. You can go and change all of your circumstances. You can move to a place where there's, you know, nothing, you know, is a threat, but you will still continuously have the same type of thinking until the body knows that it's safe to respond in a different way. So how do you do this? The first step is to become aware that you are in fact having an emotion, right? Just to state it and see it. But it is from that place of the neutral witness that you have to process this emotion from, right? Now, it might take a little bit more time to kind of get into that place if you're moving through a big emotion or a big urge, but be on the lookout for it, right? You're here and alcohol is a problem. Guess what? It's a good thing because it means you're changing. Things aren't problems until they're no longer in alignment with the life that we want to live, right? Alcohol wasn't always a problem for you. So you become aware that you're having this emotion and chances are there's going to be a neutral fact that something that happened in the world that causes and creates the urge to drink, that triggers the urge to drink before you even understand what the thought was that was leading up to that. Sometimes we have a new circumstance in our life that may trigger an emotion, but we're very well of the thought that created that. This isn't one of those times. This isn't what I'm talking about, right? So for example, say you get dressed in the morning and you look in the mirror and you say, I hate this outfit. It looks dumb. And then you feel, you know, your confidence shrinks or whatever. You feel like gross. That could be habitual for you, but it's a very, you're very conscious of what this thought is. I'm talking about the times where you have an emotion that is so strong. It's happened many times and it's happening of a visceral response. It is a reaction that has been triggered from old circumstances of times where your emotions weren't validated. And alcohol is a primary example of a lot of this, right? So another, an example of this, that's kind of outside of alcohol or that may cause you to have a drink is say that you, you send someone an email or you post something on social media and you get a negative comment and you're, and you automatically, your, your heart goes in your throat or your blood boils, or you feel complete guilt or shame or regret, right? So we have those three phases of fight, flight, or freeze. You want to do one of those. And there is a fourth phase called fawn, which is where you become kind of submissive into, um, you know, saying, 
oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You know, I shouldn't have done that. That was wrong of me. I tend to have that emotion when it comes to confrontation where I'll express myself from a really authentic, genuine place and someone will have, you know, their firsthand experience. And instead of like the fight response, which is the rebuttal, I go into shame. I did something wrong, right? But I was just speaking my truth. And so now I'm able to feel that. And that's when that's a really big one for me where I feel the experience viscerally. And instead of trying to figure out the response or the thought or whatever it is, as soon as I feel that in my body and it's like, oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's adrenaline. There's a flood of, um, probably yeah, adrenaline or epinephrine, right. That rises in my body. And I am like wanting to just, when that happens, I just immediately go into a place of of that, of, you know, shame. Right. But I know this now I've done this practice, but you cannot take my word for it. You have to embody it. And from this place to plan forward or to plan for your future, you have to find a great thought of why this is important. Right. I wonder what would happen if I allowed myself to fully feel this emotion. Now I know that a lot of times there's that fear of, oh my gosh, if I allow myself to feel this emotion, this is wrong because of conditioning. I led um, a class or a workshop earlier this year about this. And I remember one of the participants saying, oh, like her thought in when I was guiding them through an embodied experience was, is this okay? Like, is it okay for me to really call in and feel this negative emotion? Because for so much of our lives, this conditioned response to not feel, to dissociate, to hide our emotions, to just be happy has been the message that in some way, so many of us have received, right? And now this is the message that you've reinforced to yourself via the action of drinking. Now, I don't want you to <laughs> like take that and have all the shame and the guilt about it, right? But what I'm saying is when it comes to habituated responses that have now created a really strong embodied reaction, the only way to start to change the thinking is to go into the feeling and the emotion to basically show your body and its natural response to protect itself that there's another way, right? That if I dive into this motion, even though I feel scary, I won't get stuck there. And actually, I mean, we've all had a really good cry before, right? We've even screamed or broke something or just like, like just really went all out. And, but like that cry, not like I'm in the cocoon of depression, but that big cry of like, this is just coming out of me. And what happens on the other side? relief, relief. So the problem is always the solution. The problem is you're, you're resisting your emotion, right? That's what alcohol does. That's what so many of our, of our compulsory responses are, is resisting emotion. Now you can think thoughts on purpose, which is what you should create a thought to think on purpose for why it would be important to take this action to pause. 
but your thoughts will continue to be habituated until you prove them wrong. This is why it is so important to go into the emotional embodiment piece. So you become aware. But from this place of the witness, of the perspective of I'm witnessing someone, this happening to someone else, right? You see someone out on the street and just like having an emotional experience, right? You you just witness them, right? You see them and you might have some thoughts about them, but you're just going to come back to making space in between your body and the way in which you're perceiving it, right? And even add in some compassion, some delicateness, some touch. And then you're going to breathe the breath as as much as, you know, you hear people talk about it and it's so cliche, just breathe, right? No. It has actually been proven. We've talked about this. And it's, you know, it's been tested and we know the breath regulates the nervous system. But what it also does is it brings you into the present moment. And in the present moment, your thoughts are invalid, right? The the thought is invalid. What we're wanting to validate is the emotion. So you want to get yourself out of the spiral of thinking, which is usually fear, some sort of past or future experience that you're having. And you bring yourself into the present moment. You have this tool that can be, can be controlled, right? It's an involuntary response, but when you learn to control it voluntarily, it's a game changer, right? <clears throat> so what I would love for you to do right now, no matter where you are, is to just bring one hand to your heart and take a big breath in so much that your chest lifts your hand. And then open your mouth and let out a nice sigh. <sighs> the more audible, the better. Okay, we're going to do it again, but we're going to add in an aha. And it might feel a little weird, but that's okay. It'll feel really good. So let your chest lift your hand. Ah, right. And then you feel that release. One more. Chest lifts the hand from the belly all the way up to the heart. Ah, yes. Now you've released some tension. You've made some space. You become aware, you take a breath, and then you go into an experience of identifying the emotion, giving it an identity. So you just state the emotion. Right now, I'm experiencing an urge. Right now, I'm experiencing stress, grief, sadness, whatever. Get as you know specific as you can. Where is that in my body? Where am I experiencing that? I'm experiencing it in between my shoulder blades. If I was to be able to give that a color and a texture and a shape, what would that be? It would be like a spider web, like a black web that was sticky. Right now, I'm going to invite some more breath into that space. And I'm going to imagine that I can breathe right into that space. And as I breathe in, it's like this big gush of waves, right? Kind of crashing in and breaking it up. And each time I exhale, that web, that sticky web starts to dissipate, right? 
So you can use whatever visual works for you. The elements, right? Fire, wind, maybe it just kind of dissolves and sparkles, but you want to invite the breath into that area and just keep breathing. And, and, you know, there's a lot of times where it's going to well up and the mind is going to want to come back in and the mind is going to want to take over and say, but I tried this, but you did that. But what about that? Like I talked about last week. No. You keep going in, you keep diving in, you keep going and you sit and you stay with those sensations until you find relief. And the other thing that I think is very great place of curiosity is if this emotion had a message for me, what would it say? If this feeling of regret had a message for me, what would it say? You're enough. It's okay. Let go, right? Whatever comes to you. So you become aware that you're having this. It's like, oh, here it is, right? Be on the lookout for it. Then you just deepen the breath. I'm going to move into the witness. I'm going to make some space between my mind, what my mind's making this mean, and what's actually happening in real time in the body. This is something that you've never given yourself a gift for, right? Or maybe you have, but you want to go deeper, right? And you sit and you give yourself permission to have a different relationship with yourself, to meet yourself, that self that is always witnessing you, that a lot of times is shaming you for having that thought, come in with that loving embrace, come in with that touch and you wait for that relief right now. What's happened? Wow. You've made some space. You've made some space for, an, for, for some new ways of being to be able to like see the alcohol as for what it is, right? Going beyond illusion that it's, it's just this thing, right? How can you, how can you get curious about, well, now why, what, what, what's the real reason I want to drink here, right? What was, what am I making this situation mean about me? Do I really, do I really want a drink right now? Do I need a drink, right? We know we don't need alcohol. What's the other option, right? So you have to make space in the body for then the, the, the higher states of thinking to come through. Wow. And then you do that again and again and again until those old thoughts start to lose their power because you're not completing the circuit. You're not completing the chain of the emotion, the thought, and the action because you're diving into the emotion and you're interrupting that cluster of neurons that has created, you know, the, your personality and the way that you relate to yourself and you relate to the world, it's interrupting that and you're creating a new pathway. And then that is where new thinking comes in and it can just be easy and neutral. I'm here, right? You know that I like to like wax some philosophy and I think I even said this last week, which is when I let the, the blank after I am go, everything becomes easier. Life becomes easier. So let the blank after I am go. I am. I just am. I'm here. 
I'm here now in a human body, having a human experience and all of the expectations that you have set yourself up for, or that you, you know, have been conditioned to believe are imposed upon you are all optional. They really, really are. And the more you can dive into understanding this, the more freedom and space you will make, but you have to meet yourself where you are finding the most resistance because through the portal, resistance is a portal for change with change comes resistance. And every time you move through that portal of change, you will find more and more relief where scary, you like know the truth about scary things. You know that they'll pass. You know, you have the capacity to move through them. You know, you have new optional thinking. You know that in the end, it doesn't really matter anyway, because it doesn't, right? But it matters in this moment and you're here and there's like being human is super cool. There's all these really fun, awesome, cool ways that we can experience being human. And so I say, give it your best shot to see what's possible, to see what the depth of emotion has to offer you, right? I'm on the cusp of like pleasure. I am so excited about diving into my sexuality. Have I talked about this a lot? Maybe. Um, in just like a super different way, because, you know, since I was an adult woman or, you know, a young woman saying yes and no to, to intimacy came a lot with the, you know, with the vehicle of alcohol and having a sacred no and having a sacred yes, right. Learning about my ability to say yes and no. And now there's like so much freedom for it to be authentic and to come from a real embodied place. And a lot of people feel like there's, you know, they don't have the desire, but I'm telling you freedom from alcohol really cues you into just like, what don't I know? And I'm not I'm not like running around here, like super turned on all the time. Like that's not it. I just know if I move towards what I've kind of, you know, haven't paid much attention to lately about my own human experience, there's so much there. There's so much there for, for every facet, right? But it's one of those things. It's like a body in motion stays in motion, right? It's like, ugh, I don't really want to get up and go for a walk. But when you start exercising, and or doing yoga regularly, any of that stuff, then you start to want more of it, right? Like I can't, I do yoga every single day, some little bit of it. And I know when I don't, and I get excited about it. So I know the same is true for me and pleasure too. And I know that it works a different part of my brain and it will create new thoughts about possibility and open up a whole new avenue for my relationship and my personal experience. Like I have no box for myself. I'm in a monogamous committed relationship right now, but I don't know that that's how it's always going to be, right? Maybe there's some wild party I don't even know exists yet. Like, and I think that that's exciting to think about, right? With consent, with acceptance, with communication, with all of those things. Um, 
And just thinking about it is just exciting for me. And so I'm willing to move through the discomfort (laughs) of breaking the ice and like doing all the things that might feel awkward at first, um, especially on the other side of alcohol, because I know the relief, because I know it gets easier, right? What do you have to lose? So the way to change your thinking is by feeling your emotions first, especially the habitual ones, especially the ones that are associated with trauma. Now, I'm not saying that you have to relive an experience. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the full embodied experience of the emotion itself. If you have any questions about this, I would love to know. And if you want to be guided through this and go deeper, you have got to get on my list for 2022 because we're starting the last week of December. It's going to be awesome. I have a bunch of new updated content I'm adding to the client portal We're ushering a whole slew of beautiful women into the next phase of their life where that certainty for what 2022 is going to look like is so much more um, solidified because these women, my brave, beautiful clients, they know that certainty, the only certainty they have is the control of their mind, their emotions, their heart, their body, and how they show up right? And so knowing that, man, does that feel better going into the world where so much is out of our, there's so much out of our control and we have to, you know, negotiate, right? Moving into, into tomorrow with more certainty, knowing no matter what shows up, I've got this, I've got this, right? And even if I have to just pretend like I've got it sometimes, that's okay because there's days where I know I've got it. And then there's other days where I've got to feel the feels and support myself in that way too. Like I've got this, I've got you, I've got your back. I'm going to show up and feel this and do it anyway. So if you want to be part of that crew who can say, I've got this, right? Even when you're feeling fragile, then you are welcomed into this next group for 2022. I'm going to leave my email below. Again, if you want to leave a review on iTunes about why you love this show, that would mean so much to me, excuse me, Apple Podcasts, um, because it also helps other women like you find this show and take control of their life and step back into their power and have some fun. And man, to be honest, there's a lot of pleasure in feeling hard emotions. And I know it doesn't feel like it, but I know I've talked about this a little bit about yoga where it's like the kind of like not feeling great, like the deep stretch. Oh, it feels so cathartic. It feels so good when you know how to get in there, when you get more comfortable with it, but you got to go through a little bit of the awkward growing pains first, but what's the worst that can happen? You won't get stuck there. I promise. I think you're awesome. Have an amazing week. If a life of deeper self-mastery and feminine embodiment is calling you, but alcohol is the one constant in your way, I want to invite you to check out my one-on-one coaching program. It's your opportunity to apply the tools and principles from the show to your life one step at a time. Together, we create the safe and sacred container to explore the habit of alcohol, the power of choice, and awaken your inner light. Schedule a complimentary alignment session where I will help you uncover the next best step for you on your journey of discovering what's possible on the other side of alcohol. 
follow the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com. I can't wait to connect.